Beautiful. Beautiful singing. Praise God. As we gather around the Word, Lord, this morning, I pray that you would speak to us, that you would be our light, that your Word is alive and true. And we thank you, Father, that your name is above every other name. And you reign in power and you stand beside and you are around all of us, Lord. And nobody can oppose those who run to you for safety. You are our strong tower and you alone are our strength and courage. And there is no hope in the world but the hope of the Lord. And Father, we proclaim that afresh this morning in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Whew, good to be here. So good to be in this church. I love it. Hanging out with you a lot. We were here last night, hanging out with you guys. It's great being a part of it. I want to share my testimony again with you guys. I know many of you heard it last night. And by many of you, I mean seven of you heard it last night. And uh, I can remember when I was, um, I didn't grow up in a church family, I grew up in a, a regular family. Uh, we had, weren't, didn't go to church as kids, my um, parents were divorced, my mum was living in another state, she didn't want nothing to do with us, and my dad's girlfriends, they all hated me. When I dropped out of high school, um, none of my teachers were that disappointed about that. <laughs> Bye! We had nowhere to be, man. Shopping malls would be telling us, move along, you kids, you can't be here. You know, we were just hanging out, shoplifting and stuff, you know, but they didn't want us around, you know. They didn't want us. My mum and dad's girlfriend's like, get out of here, you kids, you can't be here, move it along. We had no place to be, no one wanted us. I couldn't even get a job at McDonald's. Have you seen some of the people who get jobs at McDonald's and I didn't have much of a hope or a future man I didn't know it back then but I could hardly read and write and I didn't didn't have much hope most of the older kids I was hanging around with were already in trouble with the police and and uh, we didn't have much hope and it all immediately changed in a single moment when a sweet lady came up to me my friends in the park they looked a little bit like you the lady that was singing here she looked a little bit like you and she came up to me my friends in the park and she gave us a pamphlet and she said, anytime you boys want, you're always welcome at that church over there, any Sunday. And at first I was like, stuff that, I'm not going to church, stuff that, I'm not going to church. That's how you talk, stuff that, I'm not going to church. I'd rather go to the beach or something, maybe go to Kmart, steal some stuff, stuff that, I'm not going to church, you know. Sorry, I'm speaking fluent in Newcastle Bergen right now, I hope you can... I felt you'd understand my dialect. We are in the Wild West after all. <laughs> Actually, this is a lot pre- Western Sydney is a lot prettier than I thought. I thought I'd be driving past, you know, cars on fire and I don't know. <laughs> it's not so bad. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I, but you know what? I, I was like, I'm not going to go to that church, but I couldn't get out of my head, man. I was thinking about that sweet lady all week. I actually had a dream about her. I was thinking about, I just couldn't get it. Someone wants us. I said to one of my friends, nobody wants us to come to nothing. These people want us to come to something. What if we steal stuff? We'll probably steal stuff, you know. (laughs) And uh, I couldn't get out of my head. And I I worked up the courage to walk into that church. And I went and sat up the back. And I couldn't believe it. I'd never seen anything like it in my life. They had free cupcakes. (laughs) I went hard in the paint on that cup, cup table. My blah, 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 blah. Beautiful. I never said anything like it. And the preacher said that Jesus could give you a hope and a future and he can rewrite your destiny. 
And I just knew it. I knew it. I hardly could understand anything. I can't read good. I can't do math. But I was like, I need Jesus. And I lifted my hand and I accepted Jesus as my Savior in that place. And every single thing that the enemy had planned for me was smashed on the rocks by the blood of Jesus Christ in a second. And God had a future for me. And I'm standing here right now hanging out in the church with two separate compartments, you know. So, which is so much better. The yes and no. I can see this is the most popular side. That's cool. I like what you're doing with the place. And I love what you've done as well. You've got these really comfortable chairs. These are for the, the people who give a lot of money to the church. That's really <laughs> the VIP section over here. It's a good job. And unfortunately, I heard about your budget. Hopefully, next time I come back, there's some high givers sitting in these seats. Okay? <laughs> hope for you yet. Fill up the high giver section, people. Come on, let's go. And, uh, but God had a future for me. And the church was beautiful. You've heard people talk about the church on the news. I've heard people say mean things about us. For 2,000 years, they've said horrible things about us. For 2,000 years, we've been blamed for every second event in human history. But for 2,000 years, it hasn't made a scrap of difference because the kingdom of God goes ever forwards. And every single day, another kid like me is picked up from the human scrap heap and given a future in Jesus' name. They can say what you want about us on the news. We're changing lives every single day. And I mean, the church had a future for me, man. Sweet little lady in the church, she helped me put my resume together for me so I could go for a job interview. And she was like, Nathan, your resume had more spelling mistakes than not spelling mistakes, Nathan. <laughs> some guy got me some clothes, so I go for a job interview. And, and the church called me one of the youth leaders. And that just changed. Like you, don't, you don't even know. Growing up, my dad never said nothing good to me at all. And no one ever said anything nice to me about anything. But the church called me a leader when I was a smelly, swearing, 16-year-old little punk. They spoke a new thing upon me. Only the church does that. Centrelink is not going to save Penrith. Centrelink doesn't do discipleship. Only we do it. The only hope for Penrith is the Church of Jesus Christ. Increased policing won't make no difference at all. Imp imp improving Centrelink ain't going to make no difference at all. Centrelink wasn't going to save me. But thank God the church came to me. And just in a moment, and this is the only hope for the whole of this region, is this church here is the hope for the region. This church here is the hope for the region. If you can get that 15-year-old boy into this church before he tries ice, his future and his children's children's future will be different in Jesus' name. And it's up to us. So I want to speak to you today about witnessing because, man, I, I, I love visiting churches. He was his stripe. I, I visit so many churches all around Australia, all different kinds, all around the place. We're on the road because I love the church because I call the church my mother 
because when my own mother didn't want me around, the church, she mothered me, she loved me and gave me a future in Jesus' name. Come on, if that means anything to you at all. Come on, yeah. I was talking to you guys. You're, you're, the, only <laughs> you're the only church in here today. I'm talking to you, all right? Come on, come on, play along. Let's go. I don't want to speak to you about witnessing. If you've got a Bible, you can go to Acts 1.8. I want to speak to you about witnessing. We are the witnesses. Witnesses is what Jesus called us. Acts 1.8, it says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you, 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 will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And Jesus was right. Here we are, at the ends of the earth, in Penrith, hanging out with you guys. Jesus was right. He spoke about your town in the Bible. Praise God. And we're here because Jesus said, you'll be my witnesses. And I want to encourage you, witnessing is easy. Witnessing is easy. Because a witness just says what they've seen. A witness doesn't have all the answers. A witness is not an expert. A witness just says what they've seen. Growing up where I did... I went to court a few times. I've seen a witness. They just say what they've seen. I saw this guy running from here over to his car. That's all I saw. That's all I know. I'm just a witness. The judge never goes, why was he running? Uh -huh. Where was he running to? Uh -huh. What's his name? Uh -huh. I'm just the witness. I'm just telling you what I've seen. And that lady who reorientated my future just said what she'd seen. She didn't explain anything to me at all other than to say, there's a church over there and you can go into it. That was her theological position. And I went, oh. Lord knows I wouldn't have understood much more than that. And I went into it. And we are witnesses. If you just tell people what you've seen, God can do incredible things when you tell people what you know. Don't tell them what you don't know. Tell them what you do know. And if all you know is there's a church and you can come, there are many people in your workplace, in your family, in your street who don't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know I was... I didn't know they wanted me in there. No one wanted me anywhere. I didn't know you wanted me in the thing. How was I supposed to know that? I've never seen it, you know, it's not on the news. Uh, and our final bulletin this evening, uh, the church wants you in it. Enjoy your night. <laughs> Unfortunately, 60 minutes is not going to be a witness. You are going to be the witness. And if we witness, nothing in the world will stop us. I've seen so many incredible stories and theories about witnessing. If you, it's not that we're not doing it right. It's that we're not doing it at all. But if you just tell people something, something will happen. Tell someone something, something will happen. Tell no one nothing, nothing will happen. Tell someone something, something will happen. Tell no one nothing, nothing will happen. Sorry, I'm... I'm running my words together again. I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. 
Tell someone something, something will happen. Don't know nothing, nothing will happen. So I'd encourage you to tell someone something. And Jesus gave us an easy job. You will be my witnesses. He didn't say you'll be my theological debate team. He didn't say you'll be my internet trolls. He didn't say you'll be my arguers. He didn't say you'll be my sales force. He said you'll be my witnesses. And you just tell them what you saw. Tell them what you saw. This is the reason why new Christians are often the best witnesses. Have you ever noticed that? If you've been in church a while, you would have seen this. Some scruffy little hillbilly comes to faith in Jesus. Next minute, he's filling a row. How is the new Christian the best witness? It's because witnessing is so easy. Four of my friends came to faith in Jesus after I did because I told them there were free cupcakes. <laughs> it blew their mind. Like, knife, bruh, that doesn't make any sense, knife. How could there be free cupcakes, bruh? Like, no one's going to just make cupcakes, then just give them away. I'm like, well, I don't understand what's going on, but that's what's happening in that. <laughs> I was starting a revival because I was going and proclaiming cupcakes around Barrow. Cupcakes! And people come into faith. See, a witness doesn't have all the answers. Many of my friends came to faith in Jesus. I was witnessing. And, and people were coming to church and coming to church and coming to church. And then a weird thing happened. One of the elders in the church came up to me and said, Nathan, uh, you've got a real gift of evangelism, such, right? You should do our evangelism training course. And I went and did it. It was eight Tuesday nights. There was a book this thick. And I can hardly read. There was VHS tapes. Press play, we're watching VHSs. There was role-playing. Okay, so you be, Nathan, you be the unshaved Fred. And uh, we'll do role-playing and <laughs> um, the burden of the sin of the... Uh, and I was doing, And after the course, I was so confused, I stopped witnessing for nearly a year. Because I didn't know how to do it anymore. <laughs> Religion is so skilled at taking the simple and making it complicated. I didn't know how to do it. Then after, I tried to do it the way they taught me. I was at the skate park and I was like, I was like, Damo, mate, um, says here the, uh, the burden of sin and the, the posture of the heart's burden, journey, sin, and the uh, sacrificial of the blood, the, the, uh, the, he's like, Nathan, what are you even talking about, Nathan? And I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> And that's when I went, do you know our church has free cupcakes? As <laughs> <laughs> so I'd encourage you, you just tell someone something, man. Something will happen. Tell someone something. Something will happen. And uh, we want to be those people that just go and speak it. Acts 5.32, this is a great comfort for me. It says this, we are witnesses of these things and so is the Holy Spirit. Acts 5.32, we are witnesses of these things and so is the Holy Spirit whom God gave to those who obey Him. And I would encourage you, man, I used to sometimes feel like maybe it's half what we say, it's half what the Holy Spirit does. Maybe you think it's 60-40. <laughs> I 
I was about to give some more examples, but I'm not that good at math, okay? Just, but I'll tell you something, what I've learned is it's 99% the Holy Spirit's power that brings revelation of the kingdom of God. We're just the witnesses. And you tell someone something so simple, and it's amazing what the Holy Spirit can do. I, when I look back, I didn't know it back then, but the Holy Spirit was on the move, revealing Christ to me. I could not get the church out of my head. All because little... I got to meet this lady a whole bunch of times as I was involved in the church, and, and it was beautiful, this little lady. She, this was just a part of her pattern. She just did that all the time. She always had a bunch of pamphlets in her purse, and when she was walking around in the community... If she saw some little hoodlums, she'd go, oh, what have I done? <laughs> Being led by the Spirit of the Lord. I hate you boys, anytime you want. But there's a church over there and you can come. And then she'd just go about her day. <laughs> and she has left a legacy of, I know, at least three preachers who came to faith because of her witness. If this church had eight ladies like that, you know, you'd have both halves of this church full up. You know what I mean? You got to have to get here early if you wanted to sit in those seats over there, the popular ones. But we just want to get back to witnessing. We want to get back to witnessing. And sometimes you can say the wrong thing and people can still come to faith in Jesus. I can remember I invited one of my friends from work to church and I was a bit nervous about it. And um, he, was a, he was a businessman and stuff, and I felt like he's a very successful man. And, and, and I, I, I started, a, I was involved in a church plant in Mayfield. And in Mayfield, we have a lot of bogan, uh, I'm not sure what you call them, uh, lunatics. Do you have lunatics in this area? <laughs> I don't know if you have those. We got those. Uh, we have lunatics as well. In, uh, and I remember one, I brought my friend to church, and one of our, our lunatics, she, I mean, she was a lovely lady, right? <laughs> She's a lovely lady. She's a friend of ours. But she is a lunatic, isn't she? She's a lun- anyway, so she... <laughs> anyway, you'll probably never see me again, but it's been fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me here once. God bless you. Um, <laughs> and she uh, went and, um, yeah, I was, my friend and I were coming down the stairs, and she came out, and her, her kids were out of control. And in front of my friend, she comes running out of the church, and she's like, if you kids don't get back here, you are dead! <laughs> like she's threatening to kill her own children. I'm thinking that's not a good witness, is it? You know, first Sunday, I went to church once and this lady was threatening to murder her own children. And it was the way she said it. The veins were sticking out, the intensity of the eyes. Like you weren't sure if she was joking. You know, do they get these kids to safety? What's happening here? And you want to believe it, that guy, I thought there's no way he's going to be interested in church now. There's no way. He comes to faith in Jesus and our church. And his whole family are involved in Hamilton AOG to this day. And I was at his baptism and he's doing his testimony. And he said, I was going to church and I thought, I'm, I'm not really good enough to be in church. Like, I could never live this Christian life. Like, I, I'm not going to be able to hold it together. And he was discounting himself and excluding himself. And making up all the reasons why he couldn't be at church. He couldn't be good enough. And then he said, but then when I got to church, I saw this lady. And do you remember you were screaming at your children? Do you remember remember when you screamed at your children? Do you remember? And I thought, well, if she can be a Christian, (laughs) 
I'm like, you know when God is just so far out of your box? And you're like, I'm standing there going, hang on, what? So the Holy Spirit used a death threat to children to communicate the gospel to my friend. Let me tell you something. You can, you, you, we need to just start saying something to somebody and let something happen. Just say something to somebody and let somebody have, let something happen. And I, I would encourage you, I feel in Australia at the moment, there's a spirit, the, the church almost, it's almost like she has like low self-esteem at the minute. You know, it's almost like she feels like she has nothing to offer. She feels like the, maybe, maybe the, the news is right. She, she feels like maybe the haters on Q&A you know, uh, are right. Man, but let me tell you something, man. Don't let those people who hate the church tell you what you are. Don't let some kid on YouTube tell you what the church is about. What, some kid who lives at home with his mum at 37? Don't listen to that kid. Because Jesus, the Lord of all creation, speaks about the church as well. And he says he loves the church. He died for the church. He's coming back for the church. He calls the church his spotless bride. So YouTube kid with purple hair, he can say whatever he wants. I couldn't care less. Because my Lord and Savior calls you lot the righteousness of God. Say what you want, crazy. The righteousness of God. Glory, hallelujah. And the church of Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. Nothing has uplifted the broken throughout all history like the church of Jesus Christ. Nothing has liberated slavery like the church of Jesus. Nothing has uplifted the broken and made the low things high and the high things low. Nothing has changed the world like the gospel of Jesus Christ. It gets to Europe. People are like, what? So a homeless person is just as valuable as the king? What? The gospel of Jesus Christ did that and it saved me and set me free. And nothing else in the world ever would have saved me. And you know the difference church made to me and my friends? The ones that stayed in church stayed out of jail. And the ones that stayed in church stayed off ice. And you know when my brother went to prison? When he was in the prison, all those woke people on the internet weren't there to visit him. But you know who was? People like your pastor. The church of Jesus Christ was in the prison. And all the talk about being woke counts for nothing when all you do is tweet about it. But this guy was living it and he was witnessing to my brother so that my brother could come to faith in Jesus. And I was standing in a prison chapel and on the wall it said, Jesus Christ, the friend of sinners. And you can't change that name to any other name in the whole history of the world. Buddha is not the friend of sinners. Muhammad is not the friend of sinners. Man, the internet's not the friend of sinners. Try and say the wrong thing on the internet. Oh my goodness, you'll be set upon. But Jesus Christ alone. And I believe that this church has a phenomenal future. You are in a reset season. This is a reset season 
and the community needs the gospel more than ever before. And you're going to get to these young people in this region before the drug dealer gets to them with lies and tells them that I've been using ice for years, it never did me no harm. You're going to get to that little girl before they do and you're going to tell them that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the hope. You can come along, sweetie. And a teenager from this community sitting in these seats, and I know this church has a weird formation, but let me tell you what. I'd rather the youth of this region sitting in this weird formation than one day sitting in a prison cell because nobody cared about them at all. But the church of Jesus Christ is coming for them. Glory, hallelujah. God is good. Don't be afraid of what you don't know. Don't be afraid of what you don't know. People might have questions and you don't have answers. So what? The devil loves to make the church be bound and afraid. I don't have all the answers. What if they ask a question? Look at me, I hardly know anything. I probably speak in more churches than any Baptist in Australia. <laughs> but you know something? Let me tell you something. You don't have the, all the answers. The witness doesn't have all the answers. We've got free cupcakes in our church. Why do we have them? I got no idea. <laughs> you, you, you can come to church. Well, what about, like, what about the Crusades or something? I don't know. I don't know anything about that. But all I know is it's a church and you can come to it. But what about the dinosaurs knife? What about dinosaurs? I've never seen any dinosaurs. I'm just witnessing to what I have seen. (laughs) Don't worry about what you haven't seen. I've never seen a witness in a courtroom witnessing to what he hasn't seen. You're the witness. (laughs) And I encourage you, no matter how much people want to point the finger or point blame or downplay or attack or demonize the church or point the finger or... See, stories like what I just shared you about my testimony isn't going to be on the news tonight. You know, 60 Minutes isn't going to run a story about how your pastor goes and visits prisoners. Did you know that's not going to be on the news tonight? And for the millions and millions and millions of young people whose lives were set free by the Church of Jesus Christ, none of that made the news. So don't live your life by the news. And uh, the more they point the finger, the more we're going to proclaim, the more we're going to declare. Because we're not scared of the world. We don't love the world. We're passing through. Our kingdom is not of this earth. Love me or hate me, I don't care. I'm a Christian comedian. Do you know how popular that is on SBS Comedy Up Late? You ain't never going to see this on SBS Comedy Up Late. But you can keep it. Just give me Jesus. And the more that they point the finger, the more we will proclaim. No matter how difficult it is, we'll be like Stephen on his last day on earth when they were going to stone him and they were pointing the finger and they had a million accusations and half of them weren't even true. Some of them maybe were. All the accusations in the world pointing the finger at him. And what did he say? Did he say, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. I didn't cause it. Oh, sorry, I didn't want to any offense. I'm so sorry. I apologize that what I said may have been insensitive and perhaps maybe you didn't understand. No, he didn't say that. He proclaimed and witnessed all the more. He didn't say, I'm sorry, I didn't know that. Yeah, I guess maybe if you don't believe what I believe, I don't want to cause it. But he didn't say that. You know what he said? He said, I see the Lord seated on the throne. They were holding their ears and screaming. They didn't want to hear it. And his last dying words were, Lord, forgive these people. They don't know what they're doing. But he just declared all the more. And that's what this church will do. And 
for your older people in this room, none of the old people are here today, but if, <laughs> but it, you know, but it, well, if they're here, you can let them know. Your grandchildren are your legacy and they belong to you. And you have spiritual oversight over your grandchildren. And even if their parents haven't got half a brain and they won't take them anywhere near a church, you are going to pray for them. You're going to invite them to everything. You're going to tell them about youth camps. You're going to tell them about youth ministry. There's a combined young adults thing coming up. You are going to bear witness to that. You are going to, when you get home, if you're friends with them on Facebook, because I know many older people are still on Facebook, God bless you, you can get on there and you can be like, you know what, Timmy, there's a young adults thing coming up and you're 21 and you've got to get to that. Oh, what if he doesn't want to hear it? I don't care. You're just the witness. And you will leave a legacy that will outlive you for generations because you won't let up. And let, you, that, let that spiritual gift of just, I ain't letting up. Let that be it. And that'll be your legacy. And I'll be like, many, 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 before you pass on and go to be in glory, you're going to see your grandchildren standing in this place, singing these beautiful songs and saying, my heart will sing no other name. Great is the Lamb of God who takes away the... One day before you go, you're going to look across and you're going to see your grandchildren holding their son here in Glenbrook Baptist Church and you're going to see them saying, amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. How could that be? Because you are going to not let up on them. You're going to make a legacy. Do you know how many grown men I've met who said, Nana used to always say, Grandma used to always tell me, and you're going to be that for this next generation. Glory, hallelujah. When I come back here, we're going to see more people than I've ever seen before. Instead of there being seven people at the comedy night, there'll be 12. It'll be a revival. It'll be star starting. I don't pray for you. Right now, I pray for this church, Lord. Glenbrook Baptist Church, the mission is to love God and love these people. And Lord, if you love anybody, you want them in the church of Jesus Christ, if you care about them at all, and to make these people disciples. And Lord, I declare right now upon this church afresh, your, your Holy Spirit power that these witnesses will be lit up, lit up boldly in this community. This, this church will be like a light on a hill that cannot be dulled out. Lord, that these people will carry a fire of your, their testimony and of their witness into this city. And Lord, I speak afresh, Lord, that you would spare people and bring them into this place. And there would be a great harvest of restoration in this house because the gospel of Jesus Christ is great in power. And none of us in this room are ashamed of your gospel. In Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you, people. God bless you. What happens next? Do we sing another song? Let's do it. Come up here, sister. God bless you. That was beautiful what you shared about your... Wasn't that lovely, the stories you shared about the... That was so beautiful. Praise God.